Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring boundary pushers, rabble-rousers, freaks, and geeks who are shaking up the $20 billion promotional products industry. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Common Skew, and I'm joined today by Paul Bellantone, CEO of PPAI, for a one-on-one conversation about the shooting in Las Vegas last week. This tragic event struck a particular chord within the promotional products industry, as many of us call Las Vegas a second home because it's where the PPAI Expo is hosted. The fact that the shooting took place from the Mandalay Bay Hotel, the nerve center of Expo, made this event particularly chilling for many professionals in the industry. I wanted to connect with Paul to get his take on the tragedy as well as how he and his team have communicated to the membership. I also wanted to take the time to understand how Paul and his fellow association management colleagues responded to this, not to mention taking a deeper dive into what actually goes on behind the scenes to ensure that Expo is a safe and secure experience for all attendees. Paul, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. It's great to have you here. Mark, thanks for the invitation. It's an important topic. So, Paul, when did you first learn about the shooting in Las Vegas? Where were you at the time? I was actually in Chicago getting ready to board a flight to Cleveland to do some of the association speaking roles that I have. So, And you're an early riser because that news would have hit pretty early in the morning, no? Yeah, I think it was about 6 a.m. that I put a post up on Facebook. I said, how tragic, good grief. You know, the first response that you really have to something like this. I think by about 6.10, I was on the phone with our director of expositions, Daryl Cook. So we were on it pretty early, as I think most people were. Take me back to that initial reaction that you had. I mean, I know that you wrote on Facebook. I certainly saw that when you posted it. But, you know, you're the CEO of this large and complex organization. I mean, what were you thinking at the time? Well, to be honest, it was actually the adult version of how tragic right. good grief. You know, you look at it and say, you know, what's happening here and why is this happening? This whole process has been interesting for me personally, Mark, and I know for a lot of the people on the team here, it's because we break it up into two different things. The first one is we're all attendees yeah. to events like this. We're all in this industry. The second part is the responsibility that we have to the membership and the organization to be producing this event that serves our industry. So I would tell you that the first reactions were first as a human with a son who attends festivals with me. And the second part was, okay, we have a responsibility to membership. We have a communication plan. So immediately I was on the phone with Daryl Cook, we started looping in other members of the team. You know, one of our vice presidents was with you at SKU Camp. Alan? He was involved so as early as probably 4.30 West Coast time. I got on a plane. I was in communication with the CEO of our public relations firm who helps us navigate situations like this. And within an hour of my landing in Cleveland, we were already on our first conference call. In between that, the team was tasked with gathering information and learning as much as we can about the situation, about what's happening at Mandalay Bay, about the people that we know at Mandalay Bay, and were they okay? Just absorbing it like everyone else. So, Paul, with your interactions with your partners and associates at the Mandalay Bay, were 
there any staff members at the event at the time or were any of your associates actually working at the Mandalay when this shooting occurred? And what do they tell you about the experience? Great question, Mark. I don't believe that Mandalay Bay had anyone directly involved in the event itself. I do believe that MGM, the broader parent company, was engaged either in the production or had people there on site. Our first contacts with Mandalay Bay, you know, we weren't on site. If this was at, God forbid, a PPAI event, our communication with Mandalay Bay would have been about first responding and communication and, and that type of dialogue. This was something where we knew that they were working in a difficult situation, and we just wanted them to know that you know, we were in communication with them, they were in communication with us, and that we were going to eventually be talking about this in a broader way as it will affect PPAI and the PPAI Expo. Yeah. Well, it's almost completely overwhelming to imagine what it would have been like for the Mandalay. And you think about, A, they have to take care of their own people, and then B, PPAI, well, a very important partner and customer of the Mandalay, you're one of many, many clients that host events at their properties. And you may, in fact, be one of the smaller clients when you think about CES and the Magic Show. And I'm sure all of them were equally concerned and on the phone with them. So I just, I can't imagine how they would have responded to this. And I can only assume that the way they responded was expedient and professional. They were. We're actually one of their larger clients, I believe, that we are their single largest annual event, and we were the first full venue event ever in that building. So our relationship wow. with them is, is pretty deep and significant. 16 years yeah. it will be um, coming up in January. Yeah, well, and thank you for correcting me. I certainly stand corrected on that. So, Paul, how, how many times have you stayed at the Mandalay yourself? Boy, I, I hadn't thought about that question until this incident. Well, at least once a year for Expo and then maybe another time or two during the year. So I think if we add it up, we're talking about five or six months of my life there. And then I think when you start extrapolating that, though, it speaks to some of the responses that I've been getting because I have a team of event experts here that are there as often as me, if not more often. What I found was really interesting, Mark, the response from the members that I was getting I had a a member reach out to me in Cleveland or Columbus and say, I've been going to the show for 15 years. I am there for five days every year. I've spent two months of my life on this. This is my home. And that really made it very personal for the association. I think that's what's made it very personal for our members. Yeah. I was reflecting on that very thing when I got the news. It's interesting. I, um, I first heard about this because I had an email from a friend of mine in Toronto that had sent me an email saying, are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm okay. And I think it maybe made mention of the fact that I was traveling and she knows that I am in Vegas for this big show once a year. So I think she'd got it maybe mixed up in her head, a non-industry friend of mine. And I then went on to social and I think Paul, I might've seen your post first and I, and maybe Tanya as well, I think had posted something as well. Two people that figure very prominently in my Facebook newsfeed. Um, shout out to Tanya Allen Gould. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks because I've been thinking about my role as a member of PPAI since, you know, I think 2000 or 2001. And having gone to that show in a variety of ways for the last 
16 years and I've been to Magic and CES and certainly know the city very, very well. And I don't know if that's like a source of pride or shame <laughs> that I've probably been to <laughs> Vegas more times than I've been, you know, to more places in Canada. But anyways, the, the reason I say that is this idea of a home, quote unquote, really struck me. Right. And we were just literally starting the first day of our SKU camp event in Palm Springs. And we had a hundred industry professionals that were there. And I wanted to relate the story about how this particular city and this particular show and certainly our relationship with PPAI has been so fundamentally important to my role as a business person in this industry and is directly related to any success that I've had. And I think I just wanted to make this mention of, listen, this is horrible. I'm shaken by it. To be perfectly honest, I'm nervous. But there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that I'm going to be in Vegas in January. And, and wanted to just make that clear that just as an average member, I'm equally shaken and nervous. But I think at the end of the day, this show is such a rock for our industry and it has to go on. So that's my feedback. You mentioned something really important there, and it's really the foundation for what our actions have been over the last two weeks. We recognize the responsibility that we have in producing yeah. this event. And I think you were actually here at a roundtable or a discussion group, focus group we were doing, where someone mentioned that the PPI Expo is the glue that holds our in yep. industry yep. together. I think you were at that meeting. So in the back of our minds, we've always focused on taking the expo from great to extraordinary and all those things that we like to promote. But really the responsibility to make sure that our members have a safe environment that's conducive to doing good business became even more forefront over the last two weeks. And I think that that has been the rallying cry yep. here in the office with my team. Well, I want to say we probably have 12 or 13 staff members directly responsible for yep. the production of this event. And you know, to take a little bit of a look behind the curtain, they're not association management professionals. They're event and meeting professionals. So, you know, this concept of safety and security at events is baked into what we've been doing with the expo for right. yep. Since the decades. I think what this has done has given that team some more context about the importance of all of that training that they've had, and then really how that plays out into things that you just talked about. Like, hey, this event is not just a place where, you know, 22,000 people gather for a week in the desert. It's something that they take back with them for the other 51 yeah. weeks and actually turn into business and success. So yeah. it's an awesome responsibility. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it's a wonderful ecosystem. That leads me to this question, Paul, of really on behalf of the typical member of PPAI, I think there's a lot of us that come to Vegas and come to the expo and really have no idea what goes into producing a trade show and a conference at this scale. I think that most people come and say, hey, it just it works, it runs itself, and that was that was a good experience. Are there any things that you would like to share with the membership as to like what really goes in to producing a show at this scale? Like things in the background that maybe the average member would completely take for granted or have no idea that PPAI is doing, but just works because it works. Oh boy. Yeah. I was telling them we have a team of event specialists that literally spend tens of thousands of hours producing the event. 
and it takes dozens of contractors and the support of an entire events and meetings community to pull it off. The fact that our members can go to the event and not have to think about what it takes to produce the event is the magic of events, right? Yeah. You know, your clients want to know how you were able to magically get that product and that creative idea into a product and into their hands on the date that, you know, that you promised them. That's the magic of what you do. This is the magic of what my team does. And I am amazingly proud of them. I looked up a couple of things. PPI Expo is actually an IAEE certified event. We're one of only 27 events out of the thousands of events in the country that are certified by the International Association of Exhibitions and Events. And part of that education process, part of that certification process has to do with event security. So we have that. We sit on industry security councils where we're actually helping draft the policies that become standards in the events industry. We have a team of people who are CEM certified, which is certified in exhibit management, all of these which encompass a safety and security element to it. The same way our certification in our industry has a product safety element to it. Right. So we do so much on this along the way. I think it's important for the members to know that we've been doing this long before that there was this tragedy right. in Vegas. We were doing this long before the events of 9-11. It's part of what this team of professional does on a day-to-day basis. Right. So yeah, there's a lot that happens behind the curtain And we like a lot of these things to happen behind the curtain. I think what our members don't know, and it's really a matter of balance, is that over the last two, maybe three years, we've actually had a police presence at the expo. And that was intentional because we wanted them to see that we're thinking about security, but not be overwhelmed by it. Now, it's up to the magic of our team to make it so that they're seeing something, but it looks normal and not overwhelming and creating concern. So again, I think the fact that the member can go to the event, have an incredible experience and not think about their safety is a testament to what the team is doing. Right. I think that that's absolutely critical. And I mean, I think you go to any event, Paul, and you, like it could be a nightclub and you see a bouncer outside, or if you go to a larger conference and there happens to be security there, or I mean, you talk about the music festivals that you go to with Ben, your son. You see security there, you see police officers, and I don't think that you see them and fear them. You see them and go, this is an event that has checked all the boxes and I feel safe and secure here. So I think that the fact that you're mentioning that is not something that would scare the typical member. I think if anything, that would instill a sense of confidence that they're walking into an environment that takes their safety seriously. It's about striking the balance, Mark. You know, what you want to do is protect, but you don't want to prohibit or paralyze. Exactly. I mean, I can put armed guards in a lobby. I don't think that anybody would be any safer (laughs) because of that. I think that they would actually be more concerned. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's always about striking the balance and being appropriate to the event that's being run. Right. I'm curious about the response to the Vegas shooting in your association management circles. Was there a consistent response amongst your colleagues in those circles, or was there a division in how association professionals were responding to this crisis? Well, my non-scientific approach to this survey on this would tell you that 
for those associations that have not been on the forefront of this, they are getting involved in it now and they're talking about it now. For every newsletter that you receive into your inbox on promotional products, I receive one on association management and right. exhibitions. So it is the talk of our community right now. And you read every one of them, Paul. Is that right? Just like I read every fidget spinner email. I, I try to read every one of them. <laughs> yeah. I tend to be reading more on safety and security right now for certain. I would say, Mark, that I think one of the things, if you want to look behind the curtain again, PPAI and the Expo is a well-resourced organization. And we're one of the larger associations, both in terms of our history and the size of the organization. And we are one of the organizations that other organizations right. look to for best practices, not just in event security, but in education and in awards programs and publications. So it's made me confident in my team and our association in that we've been talking about these long before the crisis. Yeah. I do think, though, that the association community and the events community is waking up to a reality that we are not immune to what's happening in the broader society. Right. So, Paul, I know that you and Mary Jo, chair of the board, and a few other colleagues traveled to Vegas in the immediate aftermath of the shooting. Can you tell me what that experience was like? It was a little bit Odd, Mark. We were traveling to Vegas to attend another event, not on the Strip, a little bit off the Strip, an incentive industry event. And we decided that it was important for us to visit Mandalay Bay and our colleagues there, actually the management team there, and let them know that we are supportive of the venue, we are supportive of our colleagues there, and that we wanted them to know that they've been in our thoughts and prayers along with the people who've been suffering along with this tragedy. So when you went into the Mandalay, did it look any different? Was the, was the climate any different or was it business as usual? I, the reason I asked that is I read this very interesting article about what Vegas was, was actually like almost immediately after this or maybe a 24 hours after. It was almost like the city had returned to normal. And it was a bit eerie in that respect. And of course, it's a city that never sleeps. It's built on this, you know, sort of nonstop adrenaline. And I'm curious if you saw that or whether you were able to kind of peel back and see what was really happening in terms of how people were dealing with this. Mark, that's really perceptive because there are two levels to it. Again, there's that magic that gets delivered to the Vegas attendee. And then there's the things that make that magic happen. So for us, you know, I'm traveling to the venue with Daryl Cook and Mary Jo. Daryl's an event person. And immediately we noticed, we noticed it separately, but brought it together that all of the billboards, you know, the electronic billboards on the road from the airport to the center that, you know, would promote a show here or there are now some version of the Vegas Strong. And I don't know that the average Vegas tourist is really paying attention to the coordination that it takes to make something like that happen. But yeah. we did. We noticed that. We thought, oh, what a great touch. It's present, but it's not too much. When we got to the facility, I actually didn't walk through the casino, so I can't tell you what the tone there was. I went through the back closer to the convention center, and there were people at Shark Reef, and there was actually a meeting that was going on. The Tableau conference was going on, and I actually knew a few people who were attending that event, and the contractors were in there moving in their next event. And, yeah. and in the parking lot on the way into 
the building, I hear the music coming from the pool area. So you're right. right. From a pure attendee standpoint, outside of the the knowledge that something very different happened here, yeah, it, it was pretty much, well, I hate using this term, but tourism as usual. Yeah. I do know yeah. that Mandalay Bay produced two events specifically that week following, and there were 126 other events in the city yeah. during that week. Yeah. That said, we met with the management team. We actually met with the president of Mandalay Bay and our direct support team, and it was a team from my perception that had been performing triage over the last week, both yeah. with the community, with the staff of the hotel, imagining you know how traumatic it was for them. The magic behind the scenes was what was happening behind the scenes was a little bit more labored than it normally is to produce yeah. the magic on the front end. Yeah, I mean, this is, this could be an entirely separate conversation, but I think that what I take from that is is more positive than negative, and I think really speaks to the resilience of human beings in terms of addressing tragedy, but then also not letting it get in their way, or I think more importantly, not letting it scare them in terms of just their ability, like the show must must go on. I know that there's two sides to that, but I would take from that more positive than negative. I took it as a positive. Yeah, for sure. And Paul, I want to acknowledge that you, even though this is a recorded discussion, for folks that are listening to this in the Promo Kitchen community, I pitched this idea for you to come onto this podcast just a mere few hours ago, and you're a really busy guy, and you carved out some time for this conversation. So I really want to thank you for that. But I've got one more question. I know you've got to run in just a moment or Mm -hmm. so, but what message would you like to convey to listeners of this podcast about Expo, about PPAI, about this terrible tragedy? If there's just a one key message that you'd like to leave us with, the floor is yours, sir. I'm going to leave you with two messages, Mark. So give me a little bit of latitude. The first one was expressed to me in an email from a member yesterday. She thanked us for our wise and comforting words in the wake of the horrible tragedy in Vegas. And I'm reading this and it's really moving. I know I'm only one small voice in your crowd, but I just wanted you to know that I am steadfastly committed to coming again this January, as is my staff. We stand in support of Vegas and of PPAI and look forward to seeing all of you in January. We've gotten more messages like that than I could have imagined. Amazing. And it speaks to that. We are a community of gatherers and of people who like interacting with each other. And I think that this, this is representative of that. The second thing I'd like to leave you with is I was doing an interview earlier this week and someone said, you have an event to produce or your event is coming up. I asked them if I can just correct that a little bit. I said, no, your event is coming up. Our, mm. our industry's event is coming up. I don't own this event. The industry owns this event. And I am a steward of it. And I am charged with producing it. And the message that I would like to leave is, one, own it. This is yours. And you know, embrace it. And if anything, the expo is a good place for this community to gather and talk about this and talk about these, these things that are happening outside our industry. The second thing is that we are managing this event and have always managed this event with the safety and security of our members involved. And, you know, we have our security plans here at the association. Mandalay Bay has its security plans. We actually go out and hire, have hired for the last two decades, 
an outside firm that overlays its security plan on top of the expo, which happens to be the same security company that CES uses as well, that this isn't new to us. And I would like our members to have confidence in our ability to create an environment where they can do the business they need to do and come together as a community. Yeah, those are are my messages. There you go, Paul. You get the bonus message. But I would say in closing, just reiterating the comment that I made, again, representing just one member in the organization, that we're resilient as human beings. I don't think that we let things scare us. This is too important to the industry. It's too important to our businesses to shy away from. And I really appreciate you, Paul, taking the time to give some very real responses. I think that we addressed some things that were challenging here, and I think that there were some great positive messages that came out of this. So thank you so much. Really appreciate this on behalf of the entire community. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.